All right, guys, huge episode of the Nordies podcast. We talk about the Timberwolves and their playoff chances. We talk Carl Anthony Towns, the Minnesota Wild. We break down the NFL draft and some of the possibilities for our Minnesota Vikings. Here we go. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Very well, my friend. I'm good, man. I'm enjoying sports, enjoying life. How about you? I am loving life right now. My team in lacrosse, the Irondale Knights, is uh, having a great time, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, The Arsenal had a great week, the Wolves, the Wild, the Twins even. I don't know. Things are going well. All All things are pointing to Eric, and it will never turn around. <laughs> and we're never going back, Eric. Why don't you uh, why don't you plug your new friends you made in the podcasting in lacrosse and Minnesota world? Yeah, so I got uh, invited to go on the Down the Alley Pod, which is a Minnesota high school lacrosse podcast, and they wanted me to come and talk about my team. We had a big win last week. We beat the number four ranked Stillwater in a really good game, and so they wanted to talk about that and kind of our program. So I went on their podcast. They were really gracious and. Awesome. They're doing amazing work. If you guys like uh, Minnesota high school sports or you just like hearing my voice more, uh, give it a listen. It's uh, their most recent episode. And uh, I think I, I think I did pretty well. So even I'm if you sure don't you know about high school lacrosse, I think you might enjoy it and learn something. And I don't know, maybe you, you just like hearing me passionately talk about things. Or maybe two things. Know. Two things. <laughs> One, your voice is silky. So I'm sure the listeners loved it. Loved and it. two... Can you explain to a uh, Rube what down the alley means? I'm assuming it's a lacrosse term of like positioning or where the ball goes. It's just like, it's just like um, they call like if you were running, uh, we'll say it's like a five yard area to the sides of the goal, right? And so you're either going to your left or your right down the alley. Mm-hmm. And usually you would shoot or you would draw a slide from a defender to, you know, pass to an open guy. And so it's just kind of a position on the field. And their whole thing is that when you go on their show, you're going down the alley with them or something like that. Okay. So, I don't know. I like it. Pretty simple, but it was really a lot of fun. And uh, they did some really good work. So go check that out and give them a, a, a follow or something at Down the Alley Pot. Sweet. Good stuff. All right, guys. Represent. We now need to represent ourselves and uh, tell you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and uh, get the Nordies podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. You love it. Heck yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Please do that. All right. Uh, also, what are you guys drinking? I have had a really busy week. I'm just drinking more Serious Leisure. Okay. Can't go wrong with that. Love it. Love Fair State. Love Serious Leisure. Killing it. So, I am having a really, really delicious beer called Strata and Chill. It's a uh, cold IPA, which I think is actually, I thought it was kind of kitschy, but it might be growing on me because every time I try one, they're like, there's not very much bitterness, but a ton of flavor. And this one's from Blackstack. Super delicious. 7%. Uh, Same. Same. Run it back. Everything that you said. Same. There you go. Enjoy yours. All right, guys. That's exciting. All right. Let's move on to our starting lineup. First up. 
Uh, the NFL plans to play not one, not two, but three Christmas Day games, taking this over, taking the NBA on head on. Uh, do you guys like this? Love it. I mean, it works pretty well for Thanksgiving. I think holidays and NFL games are they a match made in heaven. Uh, I guess I don't I don't know what they're going to do when Christmas is on a Monday. They're going to just but burn just... the schedule that week. And <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing I, I would question. But but maybe this season, you know, if it falls on like a Thursday, Saturday or Sunday, then, yeah, you can do it. I think, I think it's great. I don't think they care about the teams. They care about those dollar signs, and they're just going to make so much – uh, these Christmas Day and Thanksgiving games have to be just absolute cash cows for them. Everybody's watching these. Everyone's tuned in. Every TV in the country has one of these games on. And I think I think the the way it will work the best is not if they have like, oh, we got the Lions and the Cowboys playing. Like these will have to be like marquee, you know, or at least like preseason marquee matchups that, you know, people would look forward to on the calendar. There's a direct inverse correlation between the number of sports games on and the number of conversations I have to have with extended family. Yeah. So I'm all about it. Sit me down. I got a drink and you got the game on. It's perfect. I, I don't want to fucking talk to you. No, <laughs> that's true. I'm like, we usually do spend part of our holidays together. You're the exception. Okay. I think that the NFL is doing God's work to get political discourse out of the family holiday get together because that's right. now they now they're on they're on two major holidays especially in the fall like which is either like post election um or you know leading into an election year or leading into an inauguration so kind of works out that we you could it. just be like hey <laughs> the game starts at 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> let's talk about the game yeah. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> josh allen really on a heater this year <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to think of what games we're going to get. I'm going to guess it's going to be something like, I mean, I don't even know if these teams all play each other, but you're going to get like Bucks patriots You're going to get... Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to um, have to be, you're going to have to get, yeah. It's going to have to be East Coast, then like Midwest, a, and then West Coast. Then like a, either a uh, Packers, Chiefs, Bears. Chiefs, Broncos, division Packers, game even. Bears or Cowboys, anybody. Or like Chargers, Cowboys. Cowboys. And then, yeah, and then the final game will be like, Rams Raiders. Mm-hmm. Okay. All I know, don't see, don't they're gonna those, they're gonna release those, those games, matchups uh, in like two weeks, like May 9th, They're gonna tell you what those like games May 12th are. Isn't uh, maybe that those games are, but I think the full schedules come out finally May twelfth, which is okay. yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King himself, knocked out. I don't even know White, and <laughs> then he uh, said he wasn't gonna box anymore, and then he brought in. UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou, and they talked about having um, that they were going to have a hybrid boxing MMA fight, like in a boxing ring with MMA gloves to see who was the baddest man in the world. Now, Francis Ngannou is in the last fight of his contract, and he's like a massive star in the UFC, but the UFC notoriously doesn't pay their fighters well. And so he wants a lot of money to obviously be their big heavyweight champion who just brutally kills everyone. So I don't think this is actually going to happen. I just think it's a, a ploy to help a friend get more money. Um, mm. But it was kind of fun to think about. Yeah, we didn't pay much attention to this because it didn't involve a celebrity, YouTube or otherwise. So kind of just slid right by the consciousness, you know? I think if I could 
pick one boxing fight to happen in the whole world right now, it would be the heavyweight champion, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, versus Jake Paul and Logan Paul. <laughs> oh. And they're all three in the ring at the same time. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's two I, on one. I love it. I, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not playing up both scenarios. That the first Paul brother eats a Gypsy King you know, uppercut and his head is in the third row and the other one just crumbles in fear? Or do they just get him in a corner and they just absolutely maul him? I'm not sure. Well, the quarter, the quarter would be the worst case scenario, I think, for them because then he's got kind of a defense on both, on, on two sides, right? So yeah, they can't they really get him to in the him. middle. Yeah. We need this to happen. I will, I'm willing to say... <laughs> I'm willing to pay $150 to watch that fight. I mean, it's a win-win because, like, if the Paul brothers get mauled by him, are, is society worse off? I don't think so. No, you know, no. um, if they win, then we're just going to get more 2v1 fights like that of, of people being like, <laughs> I could fucking take them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Have you ever seen – There's no way for them to get any, any credit because say they happen to knock him down and beat him. It's like, well, yeah, two-on-one. <laughs> Have you ever seen any of the weird – fights like MMA fights with different numbers of people like the videos yep <laughs> I <laughs> they never go well they're you so think, shitty it's so weird it's cool but it ends up as an assault every time yeah. like I saw one where it was like the baddest man in the world and he was gonna fight three people and then the three people just like pummeled him like in like eight seconds <laughs> well it reminds me of when they used to like early days of the of MMA where they'd have like a straight butterbean type giant man versus like a little skinny dude, and just yeah, there was happened. no weight classes. Yeah, it was Tank very, very much like the Romans. Like, let's throw a lion, an alligator, and three gladiators in there. See what yeah. the fuck happens. Yeah, kind of messed up, but also like I get it. Yeah, I get it. All right, uh, finally, guys, uh, John Morant wins the NBA's most improved player. This is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I know people are like, we love John. He definitely got better, and he took the, the next step. I'm sorry. John was the number two pick in the draft. We expected him to be a superstar. He mm-hmm. went from, like, a 22 or 23-point-a-game star into, like, a, you know, 28-point-a-game star. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Man, what a jump from a guy who went from year two to year three or whatever it is and turned even to even more of a star. That would be like next year if Ant went from averaging 22 to 27 and then the NBA was like stunned that a 21-year-old yep. stud got better. Well, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. Jordan Poole got screwed. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Poole made a legit crazy jump. I mean, I think it's a regular season award. So maybe he's like really making a name for himself in the playoffs and that's why he didn't get it. But that seems like it's supposed to be sort of like, you know, the most improved goes to somebody that wouldn't win an, a different award and maybe hasn't. You know, John was rookie. Can you be the most improved of anything if your team is literally better when you're not on the floor? (laughs) Shocking. Yep, I don't know. Um, It's it sucks. And then I think he even thought thought so too, because he tried to give it to Bain, his teammate, who probably has a better case for most improved, or you know, better improved, more improved. He certainly did in game four. Like. Uh, this is your award, dude. Uh, this is kind of weird. And then the video cuts out. (laughs) Desmond Bain was the only reason they were in game four. Yeah. Yeah. He's been pretty good. All right, guys. Well, let's move on to that NBA playoffs. I know you guys love the Wolves. They're your favorite team, Jim. Yeah. Ryan, where, where, where do they fall for you? 
Uh, probably number three. Three uh, behind yeah. the Twins and the Vikings and Chelsea. Four. Are we just talking Minnesota teams? No, just no. all sports teams. Oh, uh, yeah, probably four. That's four. fine. Easily, okay. easily. I think yeah, I think they're probably three for me. But I'm feeling the wild right now, so it's tight. Um, <laughs> you don't like hockey that much. Shut the fuck up. So uh, no, here we go. Don't forget, don't forget, Jim. The Gophers season ended too. Otherwise, they'd be a little bit further down. If, if the Gophers were hot, they slide into that number two spot real quick. <laughs> yeah, so. very the quickly. Move into the number two spot anytime they're good, and then move comfortably back into the bottom. The every nine. time they're yeah. into the eight nine <laughs> into the nine hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. They just they, yeah. We put them in there when they're when they're when they're hitting hot. All right. So uh, the Wolves. Uh, we need to talk about their absolutely monumental collapse first. Okay. Um, game three. Uh, I'm going to say the most unacceptable Timberwolves performance ever. And I think that is saying a lot. And I think I can say it confidently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it depends, right? It's like at least they're in the playoffs and they had crazy. I mean, we had crazy runs too. Like we had 20 point runs. Um, we just had them at the wrong times. And for us to go on a 21 point slide and then another 20 point slide is crazy. I mean, it was the weirdest game ever. I mean, it was a bizarre game. I agree. And I'm not saying that it's not okay to have teams get red hot. It was just, you can't give up 19 points in a row or whatever it was and not call a timeout. You can't start the quarter getting just blitz and have Nas Reed in the game. Like it was just weird coaching decisions. And then the weirdest thing of all time Carl Anthony Towns was three for four on the game. Yep. In just like, I, I can't even explain how weird that is. He is a max contract player in his prime. He's probably going to be a third team all NBA player. And he shot three of four for the entire game. And somehow Which means we were he was able 20. to shoot. He With just couldn't 12. get involved. He couldn't find a way to get like, and I put that on Beverly a little bit, who really was feeling the energy in there. Like, like the crowd was crazy. I was there. It was awesome. Um, and he was like, it was the Bev show, which was working. I mean, for a while, like everything was going great. We couldn't miss a shot. Um, but but because of that, like, Ant, or Cat didn't have anything to do. Like he wasn't getting the ball kicked out to him. He wasn't taking the ball up the floor. Um, didn't know where to fit in. And then when he finally got the ball, he was forcing it and just making mistakes. So um, weird, weird game. Super weird. It was weird. And I also think that. We we had two twenty whatever twenty five plus point leads, with Cat only having three or four shooting and yeah. whatever however many points they had, um, so that was extremely uh, crazy. I don't, I mean Finch is kind of like a rookie playoff coach, mm-hmm. uh, but you kind of expect like you would expect that a rookie playoff coach would be more apt to call the timeout like quicker. Yeah. That would be like paranoid, like, oh, they went on a 6-0 run. Let's try and stifle it, like, way earlier than that. Um, it just – it was, it was like, really terrible, and then it was, like, really fun in the second – or uh, or really fun in the first quarter, and then, like, really terrible in the second quarter. Fun again in the third. Quarter, third. Yeah. third quarter, we were like, oh, this is just fucking yeah. cakewalk. Like, home court advantage. Let's go. Like, yeah. are we going to win – we were like, are we going to win this 4-1? to one? Like, is Memphis even good? Yeah. And then disaster happened, and that leads us into game four. Right. And Finch did acknowledge, hey, I should have taken the timeout. I made some mistakes. And I think he did that to keep the team's confidence up. 
so he definitely just be a like, I'm the one, I'm the, you know, scapegoat the team needs, not the one they deserve right now. I thought that I thought the the two people to blame in that game, and there were some bad performances, but yeah. it was Towns number one and Finch number two, and I don't think anyone else was in the vicinity of it. Sure, guys played poorly, but those two just had the performances that I think fans should have said, "Come on, we deserve better than yeah. that." When you um, and it's it's the it was the quintessential we've seen it a million times in the regular season, immature reactions by Cat, immature ability to um withstand you know controversy or uh something not quite going your way or not getting the call that you think that you you have i mean if you didn't react if you literally didn't react like this for your entire career you'd probably be getting those calls but because they have this like intrinsic bias built in against you because you're a fucking whiner sometimes Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get that shit right like john morant gets every call because he's not standing there, like, staring at the ref, like, with his eyes bugged out. You know what I mean? Like, they just call shit. Um, so he came back, I think, and, and redeemed himself significantly in game four. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I texted you guys a prediction before game three that he was – Cat was going to have a monster game. He was going to have – I said over 30, over 10, and over five. Um did not happen. The complete opposite in game three, but it did happen in game four. He helped us win that game. Um, I think he was like uh, 33 and 14 and three or something like that. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's back. I hope, I hope he continues this. So what do you guys think happens the rest of the way? I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, you know, 55, 45 that we win a game there. I think pretty much every game is about 50-50 between these two teams. We're so evenly matched. They're a little more consistent. We're a little more talented. Um, I think it goes, we goes to seven and we, and we can win. I think it goes chalk. We lose in seven. They win. We win. They win. That'd be my best guess. But yeah. this is a good series. And like, fuck, that, yeah, that would be – I mean, I'm not saying I want that to happen, but that would be a pretty awesome result. Like, you know, we go down fighting. Against the mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna kick ourselves that we let the chance slide in in game three. In game three. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yep, for we're, sure. We're gonna be like, man, we really we had this and we let it slide away. But I do, I you know, I think that this series, like you said, fifty five forty five is probably a pretty good guess on the whole series as a as a whole at this point. They probably are a little more favored, Our but for the two home games. But it's a really good quality series. A lot of talent, a lot of fun players, um, a lot of first time guys in in playoffs and that's all you can ask for in the NBA. So one thing about about Towns, I just thought that he got maybe a little bit too much hate and there was a lot of big emotional reactions to the game because it was so ridiculous and it wasn't just that he had a bad game and we lost a pretty standard game like every emotion was heightened right but when you zoom out he's actually doing very well or pretty well as a star in the playoffs and I'm going to go through a couple guys, and I'm going to ask you if this guy is better or worse than Towns, okay? Okay. Um, Trey Young, better or worse than Towns? Just in general or in the playoffs? In in general. He's a better player. Yeah, he's I think he's worse. He's worse? Well, he's he's 16.5. Okay, Towns, overall 21.25 points averaging with 11 rebounds. That's pretty fucking good. Yep. Trey, 16.5 and 4. How about KD? Kevin Durant, better or worse? I mean, KD's a much better player, but KD has been, I know because I watched Sports Center last night that he's been 
atrocious in these playoffs. Like, atrocious. Just turning he, the ball He's averaging over just a half point more, 22 points and only five rebounds. And he's and like, the ball he has, over. by the way, he had, so far he had 19 field goals and 17 turnovers. Cat, when he loses, he's not jacking up. He's not missing 15 shots. And yeah, he's just not on the floor. He missed one the other night. No, but that's the bigger problem is he's not on the floor. Okay, John Morant, better or worse than, than Towns? Most approved player. Carl didn't win that. I think, I think I'd rather have Morant. Okay. But I'm He's not averaging sure. 20.5 and 7. How about Kyrie Irving? Oh, I hate Kyrie. I mean, there's a multitude of reasons I don't want Kyrie Irving anywhere near I know, any but of he's, our teams. he's better, right? He's Everyone considers him a top 10 player, and Cat, they're putting at 15 or 20. He's, only played he's got 21 and 5. Um, Zach Levine, 19 and 25. Guess who's got who's doing pretty fucking well? Our boy Ant, 24 and 5. He's been so he's been I'm just saying that, like, Yes, he's a star player, and we should expect yeah. a lot, and we should certainly get more consistency from him. But when you just look at the big picture, he's not killing us. He's having like a, an above-average playoff run. So I just we I mean the next couple games obviously are going to tell the tale. So it's a little early, but he's had, he just happens to go off and then do nothing. I'm not saying Cat is gone in the offseason, no matter what happens. I mean he'll be back. They'll run it back again, no matter what. But I kind of think Cat's fate in Minnesota might be set kind of in these playoffs. Like, yeah, they go out and win this round. I think Cat is like hometown hero guy, and he's mm-hmm. here for years, and this team kind of sticks together. And I think if they kind of flame out and he, like, fouls out and kind of pouts in as a baby, yep. I kind of think that Ant, it's Ant's team totally, and next year might be his last year with the Wolves before they find a piece that maybe fits with Ant better. And so, I don't oh. know. I, it just kind of feels like – even though the Wolves are pretty young, um, they have enough talent that they can be kind of flexible with where their future goes. And I think that they're going to have to like figure out is Cat a part of that or not. Yeah. And we got Ant, so I know. Eric, uh, but I... we want them both. We want them both playing at a high level. That's what's really going to be the ticket. So, so I, uh, I'm just saying, there's other stars that are playing that are better yeah. players playing worse in these playoffs. The next, I'm, I'm, and it's just nice. We played four games. That's all we could have gotten, yeah. and we're going to get at least six. So we're going to get a chance for Towns to continue to redeem himself. Uh, just a couple things to refute slightly what you're saying. I'm not mm-hmm. disparaging Carl. I'm not disparaging the points that you're making. I think they're all very relevant. I would say that my only counter argument would be like what happened in the play-in game. Uh, Carl was in foul trouble. Carl was a fucking mess. Like in his own. Yeah, head. I didn't include that on purpose. No, no, no. I understand, and and and, it, and it's a small right. It's a small data capture, right? Because it's mm-hmm. one game, but but then um, in game one, um, he's got three fouls and only three turnovers, twenty nine points, thirteen boards. Right, great performance. That's what we expect yep. from Cat. We win. Game two, he's got five fouls, five turnovers, fifteen points. Right. I mean, so. Not good enough. Not good enough. He's and none of the wolves played well that night. I think we can all kind of agree. And, and Memphis was on another one. And then game three, the five fouls, four turnovers, eight points like just a disaster, right? We can yep. all agree on that. And then I think we got a little bit lucky the other night because he had six turnovers by himself. He was careless with the ball, he was sloppy, like he was throwing passes out of bounds. Like that yeah. shit can't happen in the playoffs. And there's no excuse. For a seventh year player, 
And right. I think that's where that's where the gripes come in. Is like if Carl was in Ant's shoes, like this was his second season, never been to the playoffs. I think you give a little more rope in that regard. But Cat should have like better senses of things. So it, I don't think yep. it's an indictment on him as a statistical player, but more as like a mental one. Like where is he at in that in that pedigree? Yeah, totally, totally. All right, guys, a couple other things in the playoffs. Boston sweeps Brooklyn. Love it. Brooklyn has been good. a massive disappointment. Now, I will say uh, they were close to not being a massive disappointment. If you remember last year uh, in their series against the eventual champs, the Bucks in Game 7, uh, Durant hit what they call the three, I believe, to, to win the game. And then What's they the went and his, his size, like, 27 shoes. Fucking his, clown shoe. Don't ever yeah. Google his feet. Oh, God. <laughs> Nightmares. His toe was on the line. It didn't count. They lost in like double overtime or something. You guys remember ski blades? They were like short skis. That's what his feet are in real life. They're gross. Uh, So they're out though in four. The Suns might be in trouble as well. Devin Booker, their best player, is out injured. It's 2-2 with a pretty average uh, Pelicans team. Average. I know that, they're that's not very, really they're, they're not very good, but I'm sorry. Yeah, they're not very. Good. I mean, without Zion, Williams, I mean they don't have Zion. Like the, this, this team should be who's Zion? Right? Yeah, Most like, irrelevant big, dude, big dude. Big yeah, goal. and the, you know the Ben Simmons angle has been interesting for the Nets. That sucks. Like, what a fucking loser that guy is. I don't know. I was kind of like on his side because it was weird for the coach to throw him under the bus and everything that happened there in Philly. But then he comes here and he's like. No, my back's a little sore. I'm not going to play. I mean, just weird. What's going on there? But I love that, like, the two super teams in the big markets, and they're the only markets really able to do these super teams. Um, in L.A., Lakers didn't make it. Um, Clippers didn't make it. And um, the Nets didn't make it. So, good. Maybe we can kind of go back to playing normal basketball. Drafting, developing talent, packaging trades, and sure. not just, like, collecting big names from – 10 years ago. Eric, as a joke, trade proposal. K- Towns for KD, straight up, who says no? Uh, Brooklyn, because KD is such a draw. But I but think doesn't he, he only has like pretty, one year left on his deal, though. I think mm. they'd be pretty tempted just with, with Towns' age. Um, age, and he's a Jersey guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that they would be tempted, but I think they ultimately would say no. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. Someone should offer it. I'm just curious. <laughs> um, all right, guys, let's move on to another uh, good Minnesota team right now, the Minnesota Wild. They are officially locked in to play the St. Louis Blues, who have kind of had our number, um, but the Wild are absolutely molten lava hot. They've won five in a row. Kirill Kaprizov has passed 100 points for the first time in the history of any Wild player. He's sixth in the NHL in points. And that's, as we always like to remind you, after coming off of one of the worst starts to a season you could imagine from a star player, Kevin Fiala is as on fire as you can be in the NHL in 2022. I think he has like 13 goals and 10 assists in his last 10 games. It's like stupid. He's just, it's stupid. Yeah. He's just absolutely out of control. Um, they're going to have to figure out a way to keep Fiala and it's to trade Dumba. They're going to have to trade Dumba. Resigned Fiala to that massive deal. But at this point, we have like two Caprizovs. That's how good Fiala is. <laughs> He's been just insane. So the playoffs are right around the corner. Right now, the uh, Wild are in control of their own fate. They have an extra game, and they're tied with the Blues. Um, they 
need to win that game or beat the Blues when they play in the final three games of the season to uh, lock up the home ice in that series. But as we've told you guys, no one does the playoffs worse than the NHL. Anytime you could get your number two and number three seed teams to face off in the first round, you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Big draw. They don't want anybody paying attention and forgetting that the, the playoffs are happening. Well, right? and so. slicing out a huge, uh, you know, viewership of the Midwest. Like, at least cut, just cut one of those legs off right away. You don't want too yep. much of the Midwest enjoying hockey. No, right, exactly. Get those guys just interested as soon as possible. Yeah. So, in this one, you're going to have Blues Wild. The Wild would then have to probably play Colorado, like we told you before. Then they'd have to play the winner of whatever that Western division is, uh, most likely the Flames. And then Pacific, they'd have to yeah. play some juggernaut team from the East in the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying they can't do it, but it's the most unfair run to a Stanley Cup of all time. Well, think, just have to, just start. have to play like four of the best like seven teams in the league to get there. Like it's just crazy. Just put it in NBA terms, okay? So let's say that the the Wolves make the NBA Finals, right? So they would have to play the Memphis Grizzlies, then they would have to play the Golden State Warriors. I think. Yep. As the three Probably. seed. Oh, and for then sure. They, yeah, yeah. And then they would have to play the Phoenix Suns. I'm just assuming the Suns win, right? So they'd have to play the two, three, and one seeds as a seven seed. Yeah, as the, a seven seed. Like, the Wild would have to do basically that same simulation as, as what, the number two seed or three seed. Yeah, three. If, well, if you're going by points, as of right now, the Wild would be the number two seed. I think Calgary has more. We have a game in hand. And we have more points than them. I looked it up today. Oh, okay. But yeah, and, I mean, it's just crazy. So so basically, the Wild had like a critically successful regular season, but still have to go through the same 2-3-1 nonsense that the Wolves would have to go through by kind of barely squeaking into the seventh seed with the playing game. Yeah. Just, just, a, just a, preposterous. It is crazy, though. The NHL has exploded with fun scoring and exciting players this year. Um, if they could just get out of their own way, the NHL would be a really good product, but just let, let anybody else run the league and it would be fine. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, all right, let's move on to the twins who actually playing pretty well. Byron Buxton avoided a terrible injury scare. Uh, and he is about the best hitter in baseball. Like he is now just, leading the MLB in war, I believe <laughs> having only played incredible. in 10 games of the 16. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just an absolute phenom at this point. Um, the team has been just okay. The Central Division looks like poverty at this point. It's, it's just pretty a, bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty, just pretty dry covered. Yeah. Uh, they did sweep a pretty lackluster uh, White Sox team, uh, which is nice. Uh, but hey, and you, Buxton, hey, Eric, you can only beat the players that are the teams that you that you play against. So we're in first in the Central Division right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all I know is that they Buxton hit a – Moonshot. 469, I think, was the official tally. The longest walk-off home run in the Major League Baseball in the last 15 years. Of One of those home runs that, like, the second he hit it, everyone was like, game over. <laughs> that thing's never coming back down. It's yeah. just crazy. Um, it, doesn't, it, has, it hasn't mattered thus far that a lot of the guys still aren't hitting. And my question for you, Barter, is what the hell do you do with Miguel Sano? He, he had, I said this last year. He has almost no value um, except for like the 25 home runs he's going to hit you because they're all going to be monsters. Um, I don't think he's a good fielder. 
I don't think he provides leadership. I maybe I don't know. I I don't I don't know what Miguel Sano brings to the table that you can't find in thirty other major league first basemen. For yeah. I, I mean maybe maybe the fact that like his contract is relatively inexpensive. I guess I don't know. There I don't think there's anything you can do with him. I mean he kind of is what he is at this point, right? He's not turning into David Ortiz. Uh, it's pretty clear he's not going to figure out the strike zone and and lay off the sliders. My God, if he does, and he starts taking walks consistently, he's going to be better than Buxton at the plate. But like he just he can't. He is what he is at this point, and it's a two thirty hitter with one hundred and fifty strikeouts, twenty five home runs, and sixty RBIs. I mean that's that's kind of it. I don't know. I mean, what would you do? What would you do? I mean, there's not a lot of moves. No value. You can't trade him. He makes pretty good money. I mean, I think at this point, I'm like putting him out there half the time. I think he's like, yeah, he'd be a pretty good draw in St. Paul. Yeah, there you go. Let's bring him to St. Paul, and you can get his, you can get the bat and ball from a pig. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys, and then uh, the final thing we need to talk about is the NFL draft which is happening this Thursday. It's one of the most exciting days in all of sports, in my opinion. Uh, and this year, the Vikings, yet again, are drafting at number 12. And uh, There's lots of needs that the team has. Uh, they did bring back Patrick Peterson, so maybe cornerback isn't quite as pressing as it was. They did bring in, um, I can't think, uh, what's the big end we picked up? Yeah. Uh, that, Smith. Yeah, the guy. Smith, I can't think of his name. The guy, he's the football player. Yeah, yeah, the football player. Yeah. Smith. Yeah, yeah, the football Smith. Not Preston Smith, but what's the other guy's name? Jefferson Smith. Thank you for that. Wow. <laughs> the Packer guy, whatever. Zadarius, Eric. Zadarius Smith. Thank you. There you go. We brought in Zadarius Smith. We, you know, we filled we filled up the team for the most part. So I think that they can kind of, uh, you know, go out and uh, pick what they need or who's the best available. I guess. Um, but they're going to have their pick of quite a few guys. Uh, lots of people are looking for a shakeup at the top of the draft. Uh, Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson has been the top guy in the draft for weeks now, but the Jaguars don't want the top guy. They want to rock the boat. So lots of people think that they're going to make a weird pick at number one. Uh, Ekem the Georgia Ekwanu, kid? Oh. the uh, tackle from North Carolina State, is one that a lot of people are talking about. And then Georgia defensive and Trayvon Walker is kind of the other name that everyone's talking about going number one, possibly. Uh, Trayvon Walker is supposed to be the next Daniil Hunter who was drafted in the third round. Because we got the original Daniil Hunter. Yeah. I'll say, hey, we'll take Trayvon Walker. Yeah, I was going to say, straight up swap. (laughs) Um, That would bring uh, the hometown kid, Aiden Hutchinson, maybe to the Detroit Lions. Um, A couple of pieces that we should be watching for. Vikings fans, if you want a defensive back or you want a wide receiver, you should be cheering for quarterbacks, O-linemen, and wide receivers to go before we draft because that would fill up a lot of the spots ahead of us of teams that may be drafting a corner or a safety. And so a lot of the players that we might really want um, could possibly fall to us. The first uh, guy that I think we'd really like but seem completely unrealistic is Ahmed Sauce Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. He should be long gone by the time we get there. We won't even, um, like, we won't even, he, he might be in the top five. Yeah, I think he will. Um, 
Other than that, Derek Stingley Jr. is one that we've been connected to quite a bit. He was probably the most legendary freshman cornerback we've seen in some time at LSU, uh, which is the same school that uh, Jefferson was at that year, uh, same school that Patrick Peterson went to. Now, you know, he'd be a- real quick, I think that that could be, if he's available, kind of a savvy move where you bring, like, not they weren't college teammates, but, like, that sense of familial, you know, togetherness. Yeah. So Jefferson doesn't want to pull a Debo Samuel and bolt next season. A lot of people want um, Kyle Hamilton, the big safety from Notre Dame. Last time we took a big safety from Notre Dame and Harrison Smith, it worked out pretty well. People think he's one of the best prospects in the draft, but he didn't run that well. I think he's gone a lot earlier than 12 for sure. A lot of the drafts have him going after 12 at this point. Interesting. Uh, he, ran, he ran like a 4-7 in his pro day. He ran like a 4-5 in his um, in his uh, combine. And so teams are a little spooked by his lack of speed, it sounds like. Um, but I would gladly take him. Uh, a couple other names I'm going to give you to look out for. I think the player that they're going to end up with is Trent McDuffie, a 5-11 cornerback out of Washington. He's, com- he's constantly compared to... Jair Alexander, the stud cornerback from the Packers, kind of an undersized, aggressive cornerback. Um, I think that's probably who they're going to end up with. It sounds like that's the guy they really covet. And I think in their dream scenario, some D-backs and quarterbacks are available, and maybe wide receivers are available at 12. They trade down, get extra draft capital, and then still draft cornerback Trent McDuffie with their first pick is what I think is their – dream scenario i hate the spielman strategy i don't want like those extra picks are worthless like give me the best player i no but i think like the extra pick would be like a next year's first or oh okay all right Um, then i'm I'm fine with that but i don't want i don't want a fifth and a seventh no 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 it would be like you move down to 20 and you get next year's first from pittsburgh or you move down to 16 okay and you get their first and second round picks. So I'm, I'm cool. Like I'm cool some, with that. Like I, I, I get that. That makes sense. It would be like some good draft capital, I think. So um, that's something to look for. If we don't end up going with um, one of the uh, big cornerbacks or D backs, I'm going to tell you, I think that the guys that to look for would be Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson uh, and Alabama wide receiver Jamison Wilson are probably the other guys. I think that if it's a surprise, if if on draft night, we're like, whoa, I think it's going to be because they drafted one of the big wide receivers. Isn't Wilson the number one receiver in the yeah. draft? Like, he's not going to make it to yeah. 12. No, most likely not. But, I mean, someone that you, we say isn't going to make it to 12 is going to make it yeah. to 12. Well, you know? would you There's would you take Olave then? Um, I probably would rather move down and get Olave. He's probably there even a few picks sure. behind us. Yeah. But, but I just think, like, if, if the D-backs aren't going to work out and you're really looking just saying, oh, man. We've got to take advantage of this opportunity. I think like pairing Jamison Williams. Oh my God. You know, with Justin Jefferson guy, and Thielen. Jefferson that would be would a be night, really nightmare to cover. Nightmare. Yeah, Jamison Williams is a deep threat. Jefferson, who is already a great deep threat, is kind of your intermediate right. guy. Jefferson underneath and in the slot. Like, I'm sorry, Thielen in the slot and underneath. Like, it would be really fun and dangerous. So I don't want, I think Eric, you just games. solidified it for me. I don't want a cornerback. I want. Jamison Williams, however, that's going to work yeah. out. Give me yeah. that and some Cialis pills because that's what I'm going to need for Sundays. The other big rumor right now, um, when it comes to 
the Vikings is that they want, um, gosh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Howell, the corner, the quarterback from North Carolina. That's like a big rumor right now that like maybe in the second round or we trade up in the late first round to get Sam Howell. Didn't we just do this? Yeah, I really hope we don't do that. I think that's a disaster move. It's a waste of a, a pick. Um, so I'm really hoping we don't do that. Um, but I do think that that's something to watch out for, that maybe they have fallen in love with one of these average quarterbacks and we're going to waste another you know, good draft. So let me ask you, is there a quarterback that, would, that you would take at 12 if available or in the second round if available? Um, I really don't like this entire draft for quarterbacks. Same. If I, had I, don't, I don't think anybody does, to be fair. If I had to pick a quarterback, I'd want Malik Willis from Liberty. I think he's um, a B plus version of a B plus version of uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson. But you wouldn't take like, him at twelve, obviously. No. If he was there in the second round, I'd be like, "Fuck it, let's take a chance." But he won't be. So yeah, I, I just think the best thing that could happen, like if 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 you told me you'll never believe what happened in this draft, I went to the future. It worked out per- to perfection. I would say the Steelers traded up or the Saints traded up to get Malik Willis at 12, and they gave us next year's first-round pick to move up eight spots or whatever it was to get their quarterback, and then we drafted either Stingley or McDuffie, whatever one of them is still there at 20. Most likely they're not, but that would be my dream scenario in the draft, that one of those two corners fell and we picked up like a future first or an extra second or something like that. I thought we just decided we're drafting a wide receiver, Eric. I thought I made that perfectly. Cool that I too, thought I made right? that perfectly clear. I, I mean, here's <laughs> what, what's what's happened in in the NFL. The NFL has decided that there are a few premier positions. Um, I would say that your level one. I mean, out, outside of quarterback, yes. Well, I'm, I'm going to say the premier position is quarterback, right. and then behind that is four spots. That if you don't draft one of these four spots in the first round, I think you might be making a mistake. That's wide receiver, offensive tackle, defensive end, and cornerback. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think like, unless you have a transcendent player at linebacker, safety, guard, running back. Nose tackle, end, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. You know, like, like unless you have some just transcendent player, you might be wasting your pick to pick a, one of those non-premier positions because the league is all about passing. So protecting your quarterback, pressuring the quarterback, getting open for the quarterback – or stopping them from getting open for the quarterback is pretty much <laughs> what has become the premier positions in the league. And so I would expect the Vikings and a hopefully smart front office to be picking those positions early in office. If Kenny Pickett, this is my last question. If Kenny Pickett's available with the eighth pick in the second round, so yeah, 40th, I, I no, no, no. Do you trade up to get Kenny Pickett at that spot? Um, knowing that like, I mean, maybe the team and I, I'm not even looking at like the draft, you know, the mock draft, but would you, would you go, yeah. go try and get somebody like Kenny Pickett if the, if for some reason he falls that late? I mean, this is the kind of thing that like I would know was a bad move, but I would talk myself into it. Despite his small like, hands. I'd be like, hell yeah, Kenny Pickett, who cares about his hands? Yeah. Have you seen that video where he fake slides? Yeah, the fake sick. slide. He's the best. <laughs> like I would, I would just like talk myself into it, but Innovative. I mean, Deep down, I know it's not a good idea. Yeah, so. fair enough. I hope we don't. At this point, I hope we just say, Cousins is our quarterback this year. We're going to 
try to go for it and put the best team around and we can i think that's the best option where where uh what are your draft day ranking eric um my draft day rankings what do you mean so like is the nba draft or the nfl draft um, number one NFL. Or- nfl by a significant amount okay the, the nba draft is so stupid because that's the one where they have a hundred trades but every guy has to wear the wrong hat yeah that's dumb yeah that's a flaw. Uh, that's a very a big flaw in the system, though. It's so stupid. Then they have to. They're like, they're like, hey, um, how happy are you to play for the Milwaukee Bucks? Even though on the bottom of the screen, they're like, he has been traded to the Clippers. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm really excited to play for the Bucks. And then, no, like, they don't ask knows. those questions. But they, they, they know that. They yeah. just, but they do too much. They make him put the hat on, and it's like, dude, stop. Give him the other hat. I hate it. I hate that part of it. So. I think that's the best of it, but okay. They have weird rules. And also like the NBA draft every year, there's like three diamond rings. There's like five gold rings. And then there's like 52 pop can tops. Like <laughs> there's just so much trash in the NBA draft. Like it's so hard to break into the NBA that like, it is just a lottery every year. And like, that makes it a little stressful where the NFL there's a lot of guys who fizzle out, but like every draft class has, you know, 80 good players in it. And okay. so I think I like that better. It makes it feel like you can like really transform your franchise without having to like win the lottery just yeah. by like being smart. So I do like that. Can't wait for the draft. I'll be uh, posting about it a little bit on Thursday. Yeah. I was going to say Eric or Ryan, maybe you guys should go live. Like as our picks coming up, go live on Instagram. Be great. Um, I think Eric should uh, do that mission solo. He's, I think, much more skilled at that. Maybe even, maybe even pull back the Purple Pride co-host Adam. Yeah, we might have to do that. Oh, I might have to meet fun. up with him and do a little Viking talk on on the Instagram. Or something. I think it's very. I think it's important that you guys do because that it, yeah. as a marquee moment for like a changing of the guard within the You're Viking right. system to like not do a Rick Spielman and trade back to the second round to get a fifth and a seventh um, and a third next year. Uh, maybe the Vikings trade up to go get somebody that they want. I mean, I think this, this draft could go anywhere. You know, this is one of those, like, we don't know what Kwesi's, you know, uh, MO is going to be for this. Is he going to come out and like try and make his mark, you know, land mm-hmm. one for the fans or like let other GMs know he's not playing around. Or is he going to play it safe? And like you said, like move back to 18, maybe get some other uh, draft capital. Yeah, like if you could get another big pick, I think that's a good I don't know. But I'm excited about it. We, one of the best days. We need the Purple Pride brothers to break it down for okay. us live. We'll make it happen. We'll be there We'll be there on Instagram on, on Thursday for you guys. You so just said it. I that's all it. the time we have this on this episode. We'll be back with our screencast still this week. But until uh, then, thank you guys for hanging out with us here. That's an already stopped yet.